50% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my hair, I don't give a damn. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milkshake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Clara Fleck. I am Ethan Colburn. I'm Clara Curtis. <laughs> I thought I thought of that joke an hour ago, and I saved it for you. That's how lame I am. I'm like blushing. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm good. Good, um, good. Good. We just watched Little Women. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little that's... emotionally uh hollow. It's draining. It's, it's draining. draining. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um intro stuff to get out of the way. Yes. Uh thank you to the patrons. There we go. Uh, Steven, Sydney, <laughs> Isaac, Zach, Griffin, and Jaden. You guys want to become a member of our Patreon. We do uh, a film club every other week. We've been having a great time. Great so crew fun. of people. You guys would all like them. They're just mm-hmm. nice people. They're just cool people. Great, great, great bunch of peeps. Um, and so they're great. And mm-hmm. you would, yeah. And then also, you should leave a review because that's helpful. Yes. So yes. do that as well. And we love you. Also, if you want to know what le- next week's episode is, uh, check out my Instagram because I just have to like confirm it. But we think we know what it is. Yes. But we won't tell you yet because yes. we don't know for sure. And I don't want to let you down. Oh my god, my dear listener, <laughs> is this you, too dark? Literally, no, literally the per- listen. We're talking to you right now. This is for you. Hi, can you hear my voice? This is <laughs> this is like ASMR shit here. This is I love some it. ASMR, but with not an ASMR mic. Do you want to know a fun fact about the song Tom's Diner? Yes. So, the song Tom's Diner was used um, to test mp3 um compressions in the 90s because the vocals in the intro are so clear and part of like compression algorithms like the 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 thing they struggled with so early in like the computer era the sort of mp3 era was like how to get vocals really crisp Mm -hmm. and so they would use that and if the vocals sounded crappy he would just like the guy who was doing it i forget his name would just like um like forget that compression algorithm and start all over. But Tom's Diner was like the song that was used to like uh, create compression algorithms. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Do you have any fun facts to share? Um... I used to have one that I would say all the time. It's like, you look so concerned. I'm like mad at myself. No, because this is the thing, Ethan. Because I'm mad at myself because I was literally that kid in elementary school who at the book fairs, I would buy every single fun fact book they have and then read them and memorize the facts and just spit them out. That's so it, with, you. With no context. I just be did you know that an elephant is as big as a blue whale's tail? There it is. That's what I was trying to say. But... Like, I would just say shit like that randomly. That's a great fact. It is a good fact. That's a really <laughs> solid fact. It just took me shitting on myself <laughs> to remember it. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's fine. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of Thomas's, it reminds me of Thomas's friend, like, in first grade named Andrew, and Thomas would just always introduce him as, like, Ethan, this is Andrew. He knows <laughs> a lot about animals. Stop. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, cool, Andrew. Good to meet you. It's yeah, like, cool. mom, 
this is Andrew. He knows. A, you, and he's like, you know, my friend Andrew, the one that knows a lot about animals. It's just like I just love that so much. That's like the coolest brand to like. That's the yeah, best like what a, what what a brand, right? Oh my god, I want that brand. This is. Well, we'll just redo the intro. Yeah, I'm Ethan. This is Clara. They know a lot about movies. <laughs> this is Ethan. He knows. A ton about movies. <laughs> um. Anyway, Little Women. We're here. Right. Um, what What is Little Women? Why do you love it? And uh, what like like why Why do you cry so much? Oh my god. <laughs> oh well, there's a lot of reasons why I cry. <laughs> let's Let's get into it. <laughs> That's a whole another podcast. We'll start with like the 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 briefest of things, which is just that. Uh, Little Women is like arguably I feel like it's safe to say it's one of the more like consistently well-known stories of like American literature mm-hmm. in that like it's been around since like like the 1800s I think yes, right? yes 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 I can confirm thank late you. 1800s thank mm-hmm. you that's what I thought um and it started as the book, and then it started getting adaptations once film kind of came into, like, a more prominent, like, medium in, like, the late, or the early 1900s, and then I feel like it really is, like, just about every decade or so, we get a new adaptation, basically, and, like, they're always a little bit different, but they all stick to the same theme of just following the lives of these four sisters um, in Massachusetts during, like, civil war era and like the lives they live and the way that they kind of define each of their um womanhoods and like how they take different paths but that like their love for each other keeps them unified through that and so it's like there's so many <laughs> bless you <laughs> you were supposed to keep going i could have just edited I'm out my sneeze i'm so sorry no no, no i appreciate it you're good uh, the covid uh, covid symptoms are ki- kicking in Oh, COVID yes, vaccine yes. symptoms. Excuse yes, me. Clarify, clarify yourself really quick. <laughs> clarify. Now we're we're in the same room. <laughs> we're I'm, together. Ethan I sneezed, actually sneezed, I sneezed on me. On you. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god! I would probably like get up and leave. Like I don't know what I would do in that kind of like I don't know what I would do if someone sneezed on me. Although I actually am being a little hypocritical because when my sisters and I were younger. And, like, one of us would get sick. Like, none of us ever wanted to go to school. So we would, like, this is super gross, but we would, like, cough in each other's mouths. (laughs) (laughs) With, like, the hope that the rest of us would get sick. (laughs) And I feel like they're going to be mad that I said that. And they're going to say, like, that's not true. But I'm the oldest. And I have the most, I have the best memory of the three of us, I would argue. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It was really gross. It was really fucking gross. It didn't, and and the worst part is, like, it never really worked. Like, it didn't work. So, like, we were just. (laughs) Oh, my God. So. That kills me. So, sisterhood. Um... (laughs) Great. Uh, But, that no, that, in a way, that kind of ties in, which is just that, like, I think that's a big part of why I love this movie so much is because, like, I have two younger sisters. I'm the oldest of three. And, like, like like my sisters are genuinely like my favorite people in the world like they are like the coolest people I've ever met 
and like that's definitely like a sentiment that has like developed as like we've all gotten older and like actually like become like the people we are but like I love my sisters like they like they're so cool so like that's a huge part of why I love this this movie so much is I think it is such a like accurate sentiment to like what sisterhood looks like and like what it feels like and like both like the joyous moments of it and then like the really really difficult moments of it whether it's Mm -hmm. like because of like a shared trauma or if it's because you're fighting (laughs) um and so I love that about it just in that like there's so much about it that feels so like reflective and I think that's a really cool thing to see in a story that originates from like over a hundred years ago and like it's still so relevant in like its core that like we're able to get remakes constantly and every single one is like still something that people seek out to see and like people don't get tired of the story which is like really fascinating to me because like I don't I feel like there's not a lot of other movies that have as many remakes well, interestingly, uh, um, it came out the same year as A Star Is Born, and both are the fourth, you know, American studio. Uh, like, I could say the fourth American studio remake mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of this of the story. Yeah. Um, or was no actually A Star A Star Is Born was a year before. But oh, okay. My point. My point is, in both in very different ways, they're they're sort of age old tales that that can be told through all sorts of lenses that seem seem relevant to us no matter like what what point they're in and that's part of what makes both of them so great but i mean just 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 about this movie it's like i mean greta gerwig made some made some interesting choices in her Mm -hmm. adaptation i'm sure sure you can get into that a bit yeah but um it's a beautiful story it's really it's 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 extremely radical for the time it was written and um yeah, no, it's a it was a joy to revisit, honestly. I was Yay. I was I was crying probably not as much as you, but I was also crying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so was this your first like rewatch or was it? It was my first rewatch, yeah. Oh my god, oh my god, okay. That's so exciting. Yeah. Do you feel like like what do you like what are your takeaways from like a first rewatch of a movie like this? Like, do you notice a lot more? Or do you feel like it just has like familiarity or like um, I see. Okay, it it had been a minute. It had been like mm-hmm. it had been like a little over a year, and like there were there were there were parts I I I forgot, and there were mm-hmm. parts I didn't. But I I wouldn't say I had a radically different takeaway. Um, I mean, there's there's, I'd say I'd say I loved like the same things about it that I loved the first time. Obviously, like the ending isn't as shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really kind of like, I was really kind of like enamored by how sort of like bizarre like kind of subversive but also gives you what you want mm-hmm. like every like the way Greta Gerwig just maneuvered that whole ending I was yeah. I was a little less amazed by it because I'd seen it mm-hmm. and I thought a lot about it but I mean other than that like I I wouldn't say I had radically different takeaways like what, mm-hmm. what are your experiences rewatching it yeah um I w- I think I would agree I don't I don't necessarily get like a radically different takeaway when I rewatch, especially because like this was my seventh rewatch now. <laughs> and wow. like that's a lot and like yeah. it's been out for hardly more than a year now. So it's been <laughs> I, I also love feel like you don't movie. rewatch movies that often. I, I don't. Like you, yeah. No, I don't. And like the what the other ones that like I um 
I have a lot of rewatches on, like Spirited Away or like Hereditary or Coraline and movies like that. Um, a lot of those rewatches are coming from like before I was like taking like watching film like more seriously. Like it was more just like I'm bored. I'll just put that on. But now totally. it's a lot. I feel like now there is almost a bit more intention. Like there's way more intention if I'm rewatching something and that yeah. like. I really value it or like I want to like look at it more critically than I did the first time Mm -hmm. um so in that way like I've seen it so much now that like there's always new little things I notice and just like random stuff but it's not I'm not like stepping away like oh my god my whole brain like I'm totally thinking of this differently now like that's so crazy like I feel like I've really cemented in like my opinions of it as a whole um, I think the thing that's interesting is, is like, as I slowly but surely see the other adaptations that are out there, like, it makes me appreciate this version more. Mm. Um, I definitely prefer, prefer this version all, over any of the other ones I've seen. Uh, yeah, I almost think you would have enjoyed those more had you seen them first. I think so, too. I think that's the big downside. I mean, yeah, Greta, Greta Gerwig does not at all do a straight adaptation of the story. Mm-mm. I mean, she plays with the timeline. Mm-hmm. She plays with the dialogue. Like, there's there's modern dialogue in there. And she, I mean, she she really makes it her own. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's such a beautiful story. It would, it would be interesting to see that now without the context of it being sort of put together in this nonlinear fashion, Exactly. I guess. It definitely... Uh not tainted's the wrong word because it has such a negative connotation but like it's just so influential in the way i perceive little women now that it's just like Mm -hmm. i can't not think about it when i'm watching all the other versions and so i'm just like i wish i was watching greta's version like (laughs) i i wanted to i wanted to ask you about i mean i think i think the other thing that she does is that's that's huge is uh kind of famously at this point redeems the character amy yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? I think in the other adaptations is made to be a villain. I think in the book is kind of made to be mm-hmm. a villain, but but um, both through Gerwig's sort of writing and recontextualizing and Florence Pugh's amazing performance, kind of shed a very different light on this character. And also, um, my mom was very happy about it because she's oh. named she's named after Amy. Really. And so she was like, oh, finally, like, <laughs> yeah, she was like, Ever. finally, like, people don't hate Amy anymore. Oh, wow. No, totally. And I think that's such a cool thing. And I, I would even go further and say, in a way, the, the, this version of Little Women redeems Meg and Beth as well, in a bit of a context of just like, we get so much more of them, in my opinion. And it's not so much... Like, the story is centered on Joe a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, especially in, like, adulthood. But I think Greta Gerwig's version takes so much intentional time to carve out space for Meg and Beth's story as well as Amy's. And that, like, we're getting moments of all of them without their sisters around. And so, like, it really humanizes them and makes them more than just Joe's sister. And I think that's really, really cool. And I think there's so much benefit in that. Um, and just that, like, 
I think part of why people love Little Women so much, predominantly, like, among women, is because it's so easy to, like, relate experiences to, like, what's going on. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone come out of, like, watching Greta Gerwig's version and say, like, oh, I hate Amy, which is, like, a big deal, because it's, like, that was a thing I noticed a lot with the other Little Women versions is that that's always usually a point of contention, like you said, is that, like, people are kind of like, I don't like her. Like, she's so annoying, like, da-da-da-da-da, and it's like, that's such a bummer, because, like, her character has a lot of depth to it. But I also think, I also think Greta Gerwig's interpretation has a lot of depth. I, I haven't read the book, and I think, and I, my impression of the book is, is maybe the book doesn't, like, demonize her as much as the other adaptations but the book definitely makes her out to be more of a villain than even Greta Gerwig's version so I I, totally. I think I think that Greta Gerwig does a good job of just expanding on these old characters and mm. you know bring them into her own in so many ways but also I mean Florence Pugh's performance in my opinion oh. is like by far the best of the movie really yes yes that's, I would like I yeah I mean it, it, she like there's moments, I mean, I, I, t- I texted you when, during that, like, art studio scene mm-hmm. where she's, there's, like, glances and there's things that she's doing with her eyes mm-hmm. that are, like, saying things between the lines that she's saying. Yeah. And, like, where she'll, she'll look down, like, almost shocked that she was able to tell him that and, like, oh, my gosh, like, like what's he going to think about, like... Like there's, there's glances and there's things that she's doing in between the lines where I'm just like, I don't like, she's so in that character and she's so involved. And I think like, I mean, it's honestly, it's just a pleasure to see her like flourish and just become like the superstar she deserves to be. Um, I mean, I don't care too much about Marvel, but like she's getting her big black widow moment and like good for her. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just, like, Florence Pugh just, just absolutely blows me away. It's fascinating. And I, I think what's interesting is is I would say Timothy Chalamet's performance is not quite on the level that Florence's is in that regard, but I do think he has moments that are similar to that. Yeah. You know, I, like, the one that comes to mind for me is when he and Joe are on the hill, and he, like... Is like, is that all? And she's like, yes. And he turns away and she has that moment where she's like, accept. And she like pauses for him to turn around. And as he's turning around, Timothy like does this little like curt nod, almost like a like go on. And it feels so natural. And I love things like that. And so like that's, that reminds me a bit of like what Florence is doing through her performance. But it it's definitely not as much as like Florence is doing in her big scenes no i think that's a really good point i mean timothy's Mm -hmm. interesting because i think in some ways he's less transformative than Mm -hmm. florence is able to be in her various performances i mean like timothy chalamet i don't i don't really know how to describe this without like insulting him like wow i didn't realize you had beef with timothy i don't i don't actually (laughs) i and like i'm trying to what i'm saying is i'm trying to compliment him Totally, um, totally. He has, he has this quality mm. that makes a lot of bad actors likable, mm. where he's adorable. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's very I've talked likeable. about this. I've talked about this before, but like Gal Gadot is a bad actress, but yeah, when you're watching her in a movie, you're like, 
it's cute. She's acting. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's so like adorable that you're like, it's just nice to see her do things because she's cute. <laughs> and like, she oh, seems like wow. a good person. Timothy Chalamet has that, but then I do think he delivers performances well, but he has this quality that I can only associate at least from people that I know with bad actors in that way where I'm like, so cute to see him try to act and do, does that make any, did that make any sense? No, it kind of doesn't. Like, I'm wondering if like, except he's good. No, totally. And I wonder if that's reminding you of like, I, what I'm thinking of in that relation is like, do you think it's because like his start was more in like theater and like Mm. you almost have to be, I would argue you almost have to be a bit more like emotive in theater than in like film or television because in a way there's so much more distance between you and the audience to where like you have to like work a little harder I feel like to convey the emotion you are no that's a that's a good point I mean he is somewhat theatrical in all of his performances but then he does do subtle things like you're talking Mm -hmm. about with a little head nod and and Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. um I don't know. You know, he. I think the one thing that all of his performances thus far have in common is that mm. is the slight immaturity that he has, mm, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why I think it'll be. I don't know how he'll sort of age into roles in his like thirties, but I. I want. I. I think he has enough talent to to navigate that. I just don't. Totally. I, I mean, and and in that way, I'm going to be interested to see Dune because Dune does not seem oh, like that yeah. kind of role. So, but, but I would say that like, that's the one thing that he has in common because otherwise, like, I mean, like this and Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name don't really have much in common, but except for that sort of, that sort of like, almost like, like emotion, but doesn't know how to express it is like the one Mm. thing that he conveys well. Okay. So I guess, okay. So obviously you're like, I think it's fair to say like, Florence's performance is like your favorite overall um which also would mean that like she's your favorite among like the women in the movie but like who's like your favorite male character like male character or male performance I don't know which one would be easier to answer but no good 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 question are you are are you are you setting me up for my Chris Cooper rant or was that a genuine question it was a genuine question but we can definitely (laughs) turn it into the Chris Cooper rant okay um (laughs) I, I mean, I, I suppose Timothy Chalamet is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment that the the, the storyline that consistently makes me cry, and I'd say on this rewatch was the only storyline that makes me cry. Is Interesting. The, is the relation between Beth and Chris Cooper's character. Yeah. The whole thing of like that whole scene of like him just walking downstairs and just listening to her play mm-hmm. the piano in the other room. Mm-hmm. And just like thinking back to this time where he had a full house and just that little just that little kind of storyline of like all the loss that he's experienced and he's sort of closed off but kind of opening up again and everything um yeah i mean chris cooper honestly like he he's a he's a character actor he doesn't really get his own starring roles but then Mm -hmm he can just take whatever small role he's given. I, I watched, I, I rewatched the born identity, mm, which mm-hmm. I'm going to make you do on the podcast. Soon. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> like really like, I mean, it could have just been like generic mm-hmm. FBI boss 
you know, trying to hunt the ex agent and but he like does it with such intensity. Mm. Like he he puts so much more than he needs to in every role. Mm-hmm. And um I mean, and, and like adaptation obviously is is probably totally. his best, and that's the one that he won the Oscar for. But mm-hmm. um, just just quick side note, I I heard him on I heard him on a podcast. Just I think it was Mark Maron's. Oh, cool. Where to like Mark Maron like asked him about like the night he won the Oscars, mm-hmm. and like there was something so genuine about about like his answer that just like I I think about occasionally where uh. like. I think I think usually I, th- I think usually when actors answer that they're either like I've been I've been waiting for that moment my whole life or they're kind of like the Oscars aren't a big deal like whatever right. and he was just sort of like oh yeah no it was like super it was like a super fun night like me and my wife we just like made a night out of out of it we stayed in like a nice <laughs> hotel and then and 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 then, and then like and, and then like we rented a limo he was just like he just sounded like he was so like you know, like kid going to his first Oscar that was just so like Oh my god. It was so it was so genuine. And yeah. he was just like, we just made we we had a we had an amazing weekend. And like <laughs> you know, like it was like, oh my god. What a sweetie. What a That's sweetie. So cute. There was something so adorable about the way he said it. I'll have to pull that clip. But no, uh, please send me that. I'll watch yeah. that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. He's he's he he he's great, and he mm-hmm. does so much with his with his. I think what could have been a f- forgettable character in this, mm. like probably could have been as forgettable as Emma Watson's husband, mm-hmm. but he makes it so much less forgettable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with that. He he really does do so much with like genuinely so little, like. Like, I think Emma Watson's husband does technically have, like, probably the least amount of screen time out of any of the, like, supporting characters. But, like, it's it's really impressive that Mr. Lawrence, yeah, Mr. Lawrence mm-hmm. is, like, integrated in a way where, like, he's not on screen for long, like, ever. Like, his longest scenes are, like, maybe a minute long. But, like, they're so impactful. And, like, it's mm-hmm. very well composed and intercut with, like, scenes of Beth playing the piano is a perfect one. Or, like, the other one that really, really sticks out to me is after Beth has passed and they're all kind of, like, mourning her. And he's just outside of, like, he can't go in the house because he's so, like, upset about like, what's happened. Oh, the, uh. Oh, um, that's what gets me, honestly. No, yeah, I just teared up a little bit. I'm okay. Yeah. Um. like that's such a like vulnerable thing and I think in a way it's more impactful because we're seeing like a male figure convey that especially at that time where like he is a man of like high esteem and like well known and like he's comes from money and like he's mourning so genuinely for like this girl who comes arguably from a very different like social circle and like who like in most situations, like, he would not have responded to in any way, but, like, his character has so much, like, attachment to Beth in a way that, like, is so, like, vulnerable. I guess vulnerable is just the best word for it. Like, his whole performance is very vulnerable, and I really, really like that. Also, like, I mean, their, their whole plot line is, 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 you know, it's all non-romantic. It's all Mm -hmm. just, like, it's all just, like, this platonic, 
kind of almost father figure love that yeah. that he has he has for Beth, and it's like, yeah, there's just something so so endearing about that whole thing. Um, and Beth's performance too. I, I actually don't even know the actress's name. She's Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon. I love her. Are you ready? Are you ready for my acting disappointments? Yes, let's hear them. Okay. Oh my god. Num- my my biggest disappointment in this movie is Emma Watson. <gasps> Blasphemy. No, I get it. That's super valid. <laughs> <laughs> Your first instinct is to attack me, and then you're like, oh, you might be right about no, that. No, yeah. Cause you, I, but <laughs> I, like, I just like how you like, must defend. Yeah. No, I, get I it, like yeah. tense up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, let me, let me just briefly explain. I just like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think she gets significantly less, um, screen screen time than the other sisters and i just uh-huh. don't i just don't care about that sister mm. at all and emma Wa- emma, emma sorry, sorry emma stone was was up for that part oh. but then had to drop out because she was doing press for the favorite gotcha so and i think that i i think emma stone could have just i mean you, mm. you would have had to care about the character it was emma stone mm-hmm. but I, this made me think like can emma watson act because I think she's given juicy moments Mm -hmm. like the whole thing about the fabric I was kind of like oh okay (laughs) and I actually thought her husband did a decent job but I was just sort of like you know you're not making you're not compelling me to care Mm -hmm. I think she's a really interesting character in the way that it her character challenges me because like I will be super, super honest and say, like, I really, really, really don't understand women who are so drawn to, like, the idea of, like, the conventional, like, expectation of, like, what womanhood should be. Like, I just, I cannot understand it in a way that, like, is a challenge for me, especially when, like, the ultimate ideal goal is, like, intersectional feminism, which is, like, an incorporation of all different versions of womanhood in, like... Right in every capacity and like that includes like white women who want to just stay at home and like serve their husbands and like raise their children and that is their purpose and like that is like so I I like her character in that sense in that like it's almost like confronting for me in a way of like Mm. my initial instinct is to not like her like I'm like I like my split second thing with her is always like, Ooh, I, I can't stand you. Like you're being ridiculous. Like, I just don't understand what you're doing, but like on a deeper level and in like a more, like in a way that's like holding myself more accountable to like the ideals I hold or like that I want to like project and hold. It's like, it's, it's almost like exciting to see a character that like challenges me and like accepting what is valid of like women and that like like that is like all she was taught like at the end of the day like that's what is like thrust upon them is this like it's not like joe wasn't getting the same memo or amy it's like they were all getting the same idea of like you need to marry a man and get married and like that is your life and like obviously we see amy and joe to some extent like discontent with that in like different ways 
And like with Beth, like we don't really get that because so much of her experience is rooted in like her being sick. And so like there is kind of that implication of like, yeah, this is something that Beth will never experience. But like with Meg, like she accepts that so willingly. And that's like an interesting thing. You know? Yeah. No, no, I, 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 I do see, I, I do see what you, what, what you're saying completely. Mm. I mean, I mean, my, my two sort of follow-ups to be with, w- with that would be, mm. I think, I think, in some ways, a- Amy's character embodies that more. Interesting. Because okay, let's say you take up, you take out the, the art studio monologue, which mm-hmm. I love. You okay. take that out. Yeah. I mean, she's she's the one that kind of marries like the rich guy. I mean, Meg, Meg wants, Meg like goes to the debutante ball and decides she doesn't like any of the guys and then marries the, the poor tutor for, for love essentially. Mm. I mean, I mean, she does have kids, but, but I mean, she, she, she marries for love and she doesn't, she doesn't actually fulfill her family's wishes of, of finding like a nice, rich, rich man. Uh, But see, I would almost push back against that because Amy was supposed to be marrying Fred. The richer guy. Who is richer. And, like, it almost is just, like, lucky that Lori is a man of wealth and status. Like, because in the end, she is choosing love over riches to, like, to a No, they both do. They both do. Okay, okay. I mean, Meg doesn't have that big feminist moment that... That Amy does, but I mean, my my impression is that that's written into the movie, not not part of the book. No, totally. And I, th- I don't know. I think the other thing about Meg's path is like, and where I feel more resentment towards it in a way is that, like, I feel like for the time that I was in like a very like Christian sphere, that's what was expected and what was like mm-hmm. really, really, really like put on me. Like, not even from, like, family, but, like, from, like, random people I didn't even really know, you know? Like... Totally. And so, maybe that's why I feel more resentment towards, like, that depiction of it, because it feels, like, very closely tied to, like, a situation that I was experiencing, and it made me really bitter, and now I am a a non-binary ex-christian who like (laughs) we'll talk about that all day long um (laughs) (laughs) and and we love you for it yes um so maybe that's why i feel so much more like immediate like ah especially when like you said like amy does get these moments where she gets to verbalize like her frustration almost with like her situation like she's accepted her situation but we get like a verbalization of like the fact that like it's frustrating for her or that she finds fault in it to a certain extent. Um, whereas Meg is just so passive in it. Like, mm-hmm. especially in the wedding scene, I feel like I love that scene. Honestly, partially because of what Meg is saying in that, like, just because like my dreams like aren't the same as yours doesn't mean like they're not as valid. But like just the fact that there seems to be such like a passivity to like what she desires I'm just like I just don't get it. Like I'm just like I don't under like I don't understand. Well, I mean, and and part of that, like we're sort of climbing the mountain from two different sides. We are. Oh, it's really interesting. The, <laughs> I mean, but 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 I mean, I think, 
a better actress mm. could have mm-hmm. conveyed that in a way that you would understand okay, and okay. not be resentful of the character. No, I think I think that's actually very accurate. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think part of it is just like I hadn't really ever thought about it much. So now I'm processing as we talk, which is fun and exciting. Um, (laughs) Woo, therapy hour. (laughs) Um, But no, I actually think that is a great way to put it. I do because I do think a big part of it is Emma does play the character very like the character in itself is a almost I hate using the word passive because I feel like in a way it almost diminishes like what she's going through but like she is like a more passive character I would agree with that and like I do think that Emma play like whether it's intentional or just like the way she like does a role like she's playing that passivity on like a level like a hundred when like a level 10 would have been fine and so it's like extra like oh my god like totally I I mean let's 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 put it this way you switch Switch Florence Pugh's Florence Pugh and Emma Watson's performances. Don't do anything about the like switch um, switch their roles. Don't do anything about the script. I think you care about Meg more. Totally. Yeah, you're right. I agree. That was fun. That was like our first like bigger disagreement that we like talked through. But 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 we came out we came out together. And <laughs> we did holding hands, <laughs> skipping into the sunset. Do people skip into the sunset? Um, I think that's the phrase. I think that is like that the imagery they want conveyed. I think like that. carry off into the sun. There, there's uh, there's mm. different there's different things. I don't people I don't think people skip into the sunset, but it's uh, whatever. I think it depends on the relationship. Like walk, I think walk off into the sun. I think walk off into the sunset is like the typical one. I think that's more accurate because or ride I'm not, off. On I'm a not horse. an athletic person, so I would walk. <laughs> so this is better. <laughs> uh, ending. What like mm. like I feel I just, I wanted I, to ask you about this actually. What what do you want to ask me? What do I have to contribute? Well, I was wondering. This is the funny thing is I from the get go like from my very first watch I had a very like firm like stance on the ending and I thought that was just like what everyone was interpreting it as but people interpret the ending of this movie very differently and so I was wondering oh. how you interpret the ending of this movie. My my interpretation, given given the background that I'm aware of with the mm-hmm. book, is the book she ends up with the French guy, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of speculation amongst readers. I don't know if this was ever like rumors were ever confirmed or not that the mm-hmm. publisher made her invent this love interest so that they ended up together so that so that she would marry off in the end, right? And that was a way to both both satisfy the people that want the literary adaptation and acknowledge that's maybe not the way the character should have gone that's my basic interpretation is that is that what you also interpreted so i interpret it all in like kind of what you're touching on in that like i interpret what greta's doing is like affirming those assumptions in that like the like her ending up with him in that whole scene where they kind of like do the very cheesy like she's walking through the school she's made and like her whole family's there and they all slowly like celebrate her mom's birthday I interpret all of that as like not actually what happened. And it's yeah. just the ending of the book and that like and a, a big part of that for me personally just comes from the way that Greta Gerwig does 
all of the other scenes that like are implied to have been a part of the book like from childhood because that's what the book is is like their childhood and whatnot like mm-hmm. they all have that really really warm color scheme to them like it's almost like an odd like i guess the best description would be an autumn color scheme it's very vibrant yes it's very vibrant it's very warm and it it feels very comforting in a way and like the umbrella scene as a whole has that same light to it um and like especially the end scene where they're kind of all walking off in this very happy ending conclusion like it has that same color scheme and so I'm like okay like that makes me think that it's a part of the book and then on this watch even I was especially like no I really think that's just part of the book because especially with the scene where she and Frederick are like kissing under the umbrella we mm-hmm. get two very quick cuts where you get the cut of them kissing from one angle and then it flips and then you're on the other side of them. And it feels so cinematic in that moment in a very intentional way of like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think the place <laughs> I'd, I think the place I'd push back slightly is that is that it's all a story, which is what Greta yeah. Gerwig's. I mean, the, the 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 quote that she puts up at the beginning, right, is this quote that's like. I love that quote. Do you know the quote? Because I, I, I just I just probably miss. I'd probably slightly misquote it. Um, it's, it's great. I've had lots of troubles, so I write jolly tales. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a quote. It's a quote from the author saying that. Yeah. And but but essentially, what that what that means is that it's all a fantasy. Mm-hmm. to me okay. so it's like it's like you're seeing the end to this thing that is all a fantasy because mm-hmm. little women isn't autobi it's probably semi-autobiographical yes. because yeah, Lucy may alcott is also an author but right. the whole thing's a fantasy right and so when you see a fantasy ending to a story that's entirely a fantasy mm-hmm. i interpret that as like the ending to that fantasy essentially mm-hmm. okay. but greta gerwig is acknowledging that it is a fantasy mm. and also and also acknowledging that like you know maybe that's not what Mary Jo's character is meant to do or like yeah. that's not what that's not yeah that's not the direction her 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 character was going but that that's sort of my interpretation no that totally makes sense and i feel like a big part of why i'm so like adamantly like no like this is the route it is is because i'm so defensive of the very frequent um discussion of the fact that joe doesn't want to get married like it's brought up so much throughout the whole movie and so i just get so defensive of that once again because i also am so adamantly like i don't want to get married i don't want to have kids and like there's so much pushback to that that she experiences from other people that i'm just like I want to support her in that. And yeah, I don't no, for sure. I don't want her to get me. I don't want that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, if this if this isn't like too personal personal of a question, do you, do you not want to get married, or do you not want to like find someone you want to be with? I that is actually something I grapple with a lot, like in present day. Like I know with full certainty, I don't want to get married. But then what? I'm currently like working through on like a like a very constant level is like do I even want a relationship to begin with and a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm really 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 comfortable like being alone and being with myself and I love that and I very selfishly love that and yeah 
like I love like Joe I like always feel weird when I'm like oh I'm Joe I'm Joe I'm Joe I'm Joe I'm Joe uh, <laughs> especially now that I'm like identifying fully as like non-binary it's very interesting like dissecting like but yeah. like like she says it so well when she and Lori are on the hill where she's like I love my liberty too much to just give it up like that and like she does like say like I have like my family and like there's enough other relationships in her life where she feels so content. And I relate to that so much in that, like, I'm very, very content with like the friendships I have and like my relationship with my sisters. And like, it feels so full. Like I feel so like happy with where I'm at that it's like, it doesn't even make sense to try and like fit anything else into that. You know? Yeah. No, it's but, fair. But it's also like that thing of like, like to like, counter myself it is like i do get where other people come from especially in the movie where they're like oh you just haven't met the right person yet and like that's super valid and like that very well may be the possibility Um, that's probably that's probably my general perspective is like is like you find you know you find someone you find someone who hopefully is also independent you know it's not that you have to i i never i don't I don't think it's, I don't think it's for everyone. I just think, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm someone that's been in a relationship for a long time, obviously. Yeah. And like, I, I find I get, a, I, I just get a lot out of it. Totally. So I'm coming from that perspective too. And it's also just like, I mean, I think, I think it's worse to, it's worse to be in a toxic relationship than to be single for sure. So it's Which like, you I don't want to. have wanna... done that. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I think, I think fundamentally, like when you're sort of grappling with like, marriage like isn't for me but like i don't know if i mm-hmm. want to be in a relationship i just say yeah. like for for mary joe like they're they're one and the same because you can't really be in a long-term relationship and not get married right totally so i i just i just would note that as like m- like the option of rejecting marriage as an institution wasn't really an option totally but, totally totally but i mean yeah i mean this 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 comes back to the the thing we talk about a lot which is that i'm extremely romantic Mm-hmm. And you're extremely disillusioned mm-hmm. with romance, which is why a lot of these sort of like this and Eternal Sunshine are really mm-hmm. interesting to talk to talk about with you because they they involve they they involve both skepticism and like extremely romantic moments. Yeah, I think and um, yeah, I mean I I mean like in that in that case. In, in in like the case of internal sunshine like you can interpret the end either way mm-hmm. where it's like okay they're just going to try to get back together and then they're just going to regret it because they're going to get into the same arguments they always did mm-hmm. or you know i'd like to think that they work through their faults <laughs> and they're happy together i don't know but i like to think that totally um, i mean i mean in in this case i i do think i do think the end the end does come down more on the side of like especially with the umbrella scene that it's that that, that's not real Mm -hmm. and so like i almost wish that like greta gerwig had let us experience the umbrella scene fully Mm. and then cut back to the producer because when when you when you cut when you cut to the publisher yeah 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 and he's like well we need to throw this in Mm -hmm. and she's like she's like uh, I guess we can, whatever. Then by the time you're seeing that, you know that it's just thrown in. Totally. As opposed to, I think I think it would have been maybe more effective to let us experience a romantic ending fully 
and then cut back and been like, yeah, that's, that's just the way things need to end. And then she's like, but I wish that Mary Jo could have not ended up with someone because that's the way things were building. And he's like, nope, that's the way we got to do to sell books. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. And I think it's actually a really, really fair stance to be taking, particularly because like before they get into the carriage and are on their way to like see him, you are in a scene where she's saying goodbye to him. She shuts the door and everyone's like, oh my God, you love him. You are in love with him. And that scene is in that really cool color tone that they're doing for the all the adult scenes. And so that implies that mm. it is a very real situation that happened, is that she is getting confronted by her family who are all like, you love him. Like, you, you really care about this person, which makes that come across as a scenario that is rooted in its reality. And so, like, to then cut away from like what actually happened in that scenario and then we just get a cut to later on where she's like oh no they don't end up together like we don't know if that means she ran after him and he told her to stay we don't know if that means she ran after him and she missed him like we don't know what that means and so i i just say like i i I think i interpret the color schemes differently because i i i think that the color schemes are a way to sort of identify like first of all that like like the difference between the sort of seven years ago plot yeah. line and the quote unquote now plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really think that has to do with like real or not real because I think that the, their, their childhood is just as real as their, as their sort of grayer adult years. Right. See, that's what I don't know about because the book focuses on them like growing up and mm. whatnot. And so, like, it does expand a little bit for past that. I guess you're right in that. But I, that, I guess, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's does the how book I, show Beth dying and all that? It does. Like, we know okay, Beth okay. dies. So, but that, so, so, like, so everything, most, most of what's shown in, I think they expand on characters, but most of like yeah. the general plot line is shown in the book. So, yeah, 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 my, yeah. My, my, my interpretation is like, yeah, maybe Little Women like focuses more on the childhood, but my interpretation is like both of those are real, but they're sort of a way to separate out this. No, that totally makes sense. I feel like I look at it as like the like fiction and nonfiction because of the not constant, but very frequent insertion of like her publishing and like editing process. And that like, that's obviously not part of the book. And that's not part of other adaptations that like, there's an acknowledgement that that what we're watching is an actual book. And so like that, almost like, the way I always look at that is like implying like what we're experiencing is like what is intended to be seen as like the book and like what is not the book, which is like maybe more of like a very personal interpretation than like a widely accepted one. But that's how I always look at it, oddly enough. That's interesting. Yeah, I I, I, I never really, really interesting. I never really inter I just interpret it as way to way to distinguish between things. But yeah, I mean I, I think had they fully fully played out the romantic scenario and then cut back to like maybe that's not what happened you could have experienced the emotions of the romantic scenario without it feeling like totally because i mean it does feel like you're kind of rolling your eyes at this moment that would have otherwise been like epic totally yeah no i definitely agree with that especially because at the very beginning like one of the like most distinct things that like we hear from like her first interaction with her editor is that he says like by the end of the story like the woman has to be married or she has to be dead and like 
in a way, like, that is, like, a self-fulfilled prophecy and that, like, Meg, Joe, and Amy, if we look at, like, the very end is, like, actually what happened, like, they do all end up married and Beth ends up dead. And so, like, there's, like, all of them end up in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's very interesting to, like, look at those inclusions, like. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so I had a, I I had a thing that I wrote down and then I, and then I realized, and then I realized it's not really a thing, but I thought I'd tell, I thought I'd tell it to you. Okay. It was like almost a nitpick, but then I figured it out out myself. I have a nitpick I actually want to bring up with you. So this is perfect. Okay. Okay. My almost nitpick was how do they know what British accents sound like? (laughs) But then I realized like they have British people occasionally, but they do do like very well i mean they are like all british which is hilarious but they do kind of do like very perfect british accents and i feel like growing up in massachusetts you wouldn't like you might see a british person occasionally but but i was like how do they even know what they sound like you think they're doing british accents no 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 there's a scene where where the characters do british accents in the attic oh 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 yep i know what you're talking about now actually yes okay 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 but instead of instead of like Yes. yes. Instead okay. of Emma Watson doing an American doing a British accent, which <laughs> admittedly probably would have been a hard. Yes. She's just straight up kind of doing, doing a British her accent, British accent. <laughs> which is flawless because she right. grew up there. Totally. But I'm like, <laughs> would they really do? Fl- I don't know. Uh, but that's I I'll, I will <laughs> let that slide. <laughs> no, that's super fair. My immediate thought to try and be like, maybe they do know what it is, is that. Their like their Aunt May is very well off. So there's yeah, yeah, the slight yeah. assumption like she's gone to Europe before. Like that's part of it is she's like, I want to go back to Europe and that's a whole yes. thing. And so my thought is perhaps people from Europe have come to visit her and maybe yeah. they've been around them. But yeah. no, that's a very valid nitpick. That's super okay. valid actually. Super, super minor, but I, I, I kind of thought it was funny. No, that's what, great. What's, what's your nitpick? My nitpick is that there are three very like blatant uh, continuity errors throughout this movie. Ooh. Ooh. Should I? Uh, okay, so the first one, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a scene where there's a hydro flask in the shot. have you heard of that no oh my god no so when they so when amy after amy does her cute little monologue where after she gets in trouble with the teacher and she like get joe or Lori invites her like in and then they all rush in and like rescue her basically and they're like oh my god and there's like that cute moment there's a scene where they're in the library and on like a back table against the wall there's just a hydro flask like it's very clearly there <laughs> it's like the starbucks cup in game of thrones exactly yes exactly that's exactly what it is and so like there's that one um there's the scene after amy has burnt joe's manuscript and it's the like the day after and joe's still really mad at her and is like ignoring her there's a scene where like she has toast in her hand and she gets up and like moves seats so she's not sitting next to Amy and she sits down and there's like a a, a long shot of them all at the table and Joe has the the toast in her hand and like she's like mid bite and then it cuts a little bit slightly to show like Lori coming in and then when it cuts back to Joe she has no toast in her hand and she does like a clap and it's like that really bothers <laughs> me because she was okay. mid bite. Where where did the toast go? Yeah, where's the toast? She and got a big mouth. She, she I guess. I apparently. So good for her, I guess. Uh, <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Um, and then the last one is in the scene where Meryl Streep is talking to Florence 
when Florence is, like, staying with her when Beth is first sick, and she, like, calls her in, and she has her, like, sit down in front of her and is, like, telling her, like, you have to marry Rich because, like, otherwise, like, your family will suffer, like, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a point where it keeps doing shots of, like, facing Florence and then facing Meryl, and so in one shot, it shows Florence, and she has both her pigtails, like, pulled over her shoulders, and then it cuts to Meryl, and it cuts back, and the pigtails are behind her shoulders You've again. You've watched this movie too many I've times. I've watched this movie so many times. And then there's, because <laughs> I know this one especially well, because then all of a sudden the pigtails are behind her shoulders, and Meryl, like, purposely moves it forward. So it shows that they were shooting that whole dialogue, like, out of sequence a little bit, because, like, when the pigtails are, like, in forward, it's because it's after she's moved them. Yeah, so like, I think ugh. I think what happened, I think with the last two, what happened, it was it was an editing thing where they yeah. chose to edit things okay, differently. Okay, okay, yeah. Like with the with the la- with the with the toast one, my guess would be that like they did they they made a choice in the editing room to forgive the continuity error yeah. and speed up the scene. Totally. And like there was maybe like another 10 seconds in there that they're like, it's going to be more effective if she just leaves immediately. Yeah. And yeah, it could have been the same thing with the with the dialogue with with Florence Pugh. But yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it, is, it, it is. Yeah. It is so those are my beef. Those are my beefs. <laughs> That's very minor beef, honestly. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> I solid. love this movie. <laughs> great movie. It's a great it's movie. A what movie. can you say? You know, damn. Um, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? I feel like we covered a lot. We covered a lot. I'm trying to think. So my final thought is the scene that hit me harder than ever, any other time that I've ever watched this movie was the scene of Lori and Joe on the hill. And that oh, yeah. It oh, felt yeah. more devastating. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people feel bad for Lori in that scene, but I felt really, really bad for Joe in that scene this time. Normally I feel bad for Lori. But I felt bad for Joe this time because, like, she has loved Lori in a way as, like, a friend for so long. And then to have that, like, platonic relationship essentially, like, disintegrated completely by, like, this marriage proposal is, like, such a devastating thing. And, like, I don't even, like, we don't even really get to see her, like, truly, like, mourn that situation. Like, it's such a simple scene kind of intercut between a lot of other very sad scenes. But Uh that was a really interesting one for me to watch this time. It's just, like, it's such a devastating thing to have, like, a male friend that, like, you value and love and treasure a lot because it's a platonic relationship. (laughs) I like the pose you just did. No, exactly. But, like, and then to have it so abruptly disintegrate because, like, there is, like, that feeling from the other person. It's, like, that's so sad. And so that made me really sad this time. So, so my, my romantic brain, um, <laughs> interp- interpreted it, especially when that plays back to back with her in the attic saying yeah. like, she just regrets it and yeah. wish, and, and if he asked again, she'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my interpretation is like, she was caught off guard, but like, really she, she would be good with him and they probably <sighs> would, would do well. And and uh yeah i mean i mean especially especially given that she she then writes him the note and everything mm-hmm. and i mean it's almost like it's like a misconnection thing where mm-hmm. she was caught off guard but she should have sort of ended up with him ah oh, see i totally disagree though and especially because the laura dern says and it's such a like distinct moment where she's like do you love him or do you like being loved and like joe basically says like i would i want to be loved 
And, like, it's not that she loves him. It's that she wants to feel that validation. And so, like, even though she's writing the note, like, I do think it's all coming from, like, the wrong place in that she's desperately lonely and she needs that validation from somewhere. And she was getting it from him in their friendship and now she doesn't even have that. And so she's longing for any kind of validation. I I think I think had he proposed later, had they been friends for longer, she would have <gasps> like it would have turned into something. That's what I think. Interesting. I think it was caught, I think she was caught off guard, and I think they had like great chemistry together with their dancing and I I think I think mm. I think she was sort of in denial about the whole thing, and I think and this isn't to say she needs him. I just mm-hmm. think I just think they they would have they, they complement each other really well, and it's sort of like. You know, it's like had things ended up the way they should have, they should have ended up together. Interesting. I totally disagree, but we'll. I know. I know you do. (laughs) No, it's fine. In ten years, we'll get a new adaptation, and maybe since Greta Gerwig did this so differently, they have to change it, and they'll put Laurie and Joe together. (laughs) And then we'll know. Maybe. (laughs) And then we'll know. And then we'll know. And then we'll know. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to do a quote? I mean, you're not God. you're not really a guest, but like it's kind of your movie. Really do you want to do a quote? It kind of. <sighs> I should probably do a quote. Okay, so I'm gonna do a quote of Amy when she's a kid, and I'm not gonna do like the <laughs> intro to it. I'm just gonna jump right into it. I love that smile. You're like, I'm gonna do a quote of Amy when she's a kid. Like... <laughs> I'm ex- I'm excited. <laughs> Go for I it. I love it. Okay. I know. You brought my sister back from the dance. I would have never sprained my ankle. I have lovely small feet. The best in the family. But I can't... I can never go home again because I'm in such trouble. (laughs) Look! Mr. Davis hit me! (laughs) I stuttered a little bit, but it's fine. It works. (laughs) Uh, It's fine. Not as much as me. (laughs) Stop! Um, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good to talk to you, Clara. No, fun. that was it was very fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.